Welcome to Educator Forever, where we empower teachers to innovate education. Join us each week to hear stories of teachers expanding their impact beyond the classroom and explore ways to reimagine teaching and learning. Maxwell Roach is the founder of John Aves Learning Club, a forward-thinking tutoring service that teaches children concepts such as long division as early as the age of three. Max has traveled a diverse career trajectory, spanning the childcare, music, food, technology, and education sectors. He holds a Bachelor of Arts degree from the University of Toronto and is certified as a professional in human resources. This has opened doors to an eclectic and wide range of opportunities, including performing as a musician with artists such as Beyonce and the Rolling Stones, leading a multi-center childcare organization as CEO, and working as an operations director and consultant for e-commerce tech companies globally. Max is a serial entrepreneur who values the need to fill industry gaps by way of disruption and modern solutions. Welcome, Max. So glad to have you here. Great. Thank you. Glad to be here. Awesome. Well, I know that your professional journey has been very interesting, and I would love for you to kind of take us back in time and tell us a little bit about what you've done professionally and what led you to where you're at today. Absolutely. Again, thank you. Uh, this has been, it, it's been a journey for sure. And even, <laughs> you know, before the call, when we were kind of chatting a little bit, you know, it's, it's been, uh, you know, running from one place to another and just managing growth and all these things. And, you know, I think that's the exciting part of life, right? Definitely go, go and try things and do new things and it might work. It might not, but guess what? It might work. And it's fantastic that way. So yeah. I guess, you know, a little synopsis of myself, I'm, mainly trained as well as a as a musician so i come from music a uh, long line of music in the family as well and i studied at uh, a school called grant McEwen college now it's grant McEwen university it was a college when i went previously and i studied music there on drum set actually and learned a lot of other things as well and then went to the university of toronto and completed my studies there as well so and from there on it was pretty much just touring and enjoying and learning and all kinds of things right so it was really been beautiful and i think you know I, at that time i had also met my wife at the time as well uh within that who's also a musician and you know had children and it sort of turned into a situation where well you know the tour life needed to end it can't be you know running around the world you know jet setting the whole thing and and you've got you've got these little ones at home right so uh, what ended up happening is, you know, I sort of started to put it to the side a little bit and and kind of leave it where it was and, you know, on and off still had some performances, but really started to continue, I would say, my entrepreneurial journey because music in itself, being a freelance musician, <laughs> it it's entrepreneurship uh, to the fullest. So, I mean, moving forward, you know, the next logical uh, transition is for some reason starting a bread business. Not sure why that's next, but that's what ended up happening. Why not? And- that's awesome. <laughs> wonderful you know it was it was a ketogenic one actually as well kind of you know was looking to to shed a couple of pounds you know if you will uh and you know had a little bit of success there learned a lot about entrepreneurship and building a business and whatnot and that led into getting into the tech industry and you know speaking to professors and phds and you know those at administration of universities about deep learning and machine learning and ai and all of these things unbelievable right running director of operations in that respect and just being a part of the community you know running projects and you know managing software teams it was amazing incredible you learn a lot there too right you you just keep moving and you just keep acquiring skill sets and whatnot and you know it it eventually led me to a childcare organization 
uh, where I was the CEO of this childcare organization. And we have four centers and 250 children. So you can imagine, you know, one child is, 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 you know, a handful enough, <laughs> 250 <laughs> something else. Uh, right. So, uh, you know, I, I was in there for a while and noticed quite a few things. And again, throughout this whole journey, really, my wife and I, we really were, we very much wanted to make sure that our children ourselves had the tools needed, right. And necessary. So we were investigating education from when our now eight-year-old was born. Right. So it's been a long time coming to now, you know, through all these experiences, hopping into more so education, even through human resource certifications and, you know, MBA studies, which I didn't, I'm still pushing in that direction. Things keep taking <laughs> its time, right? But, you know, here we are now with a tutoring organization. It's been great. We cover around three cities here in Ontario, and we've uh, recently launched a virtual component as well, our own curriculum. We have books that are also on pre-order. So it's, it's been incredible. Nothing short of it. Yes, that's awesome. And I think it all goes back to what you shared at the beginning of just trying things out. And you don't know if it's going to work or not. But just hearing you talk about the different things that you've tried. I'm sure that through that process, you learned so much too. And until you're in it, you don't really know. You know, I think that's one thing that I talk to people a lot about is just like, we can get in our heads so much of being like, well, maybe someday I'll do this. Or like, I don't know if I do this, then this thing will happen. And we get so forward thinking yeah. that sometimes you just have to do it. And figure it out through the process. My uh, my wife and I, we have this saying all the time. Anytime we're about to jump into something, you say, well, you don't know until you go, right? And yes. it's absolutely <laughs> the truth every time. And it, it it makes us make some decisions, you know? After we we dive into it, we do all the research, pros and cons list, you know, I run the, the numbers and everything. And you know what? At some point, you just got to take the leap. You just go for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's all just like one big science experiment is how I always see oh. running a business. You know, you're like, how about if I change this thing? Now what happens? How about if I change this thing? Now what happens? And yep. so it keeps it interesting too. you know, that there's always new things to try and always new things to learn too. Definitely, definitely. And this is great, though. This is exactly and, and as well to yourself. Kudos to you because you have so many different avenues as well. You know, whether it's, you know, in the curiosity forever or, you know, educated forever as well. I mean, wow. Like, <laughs> I have so many questions for you as well. But anyway, <laughs> I'm sure we'll continue conversation for sure. Yes, absolutely. Well, I think that's like that entrepreneurial spirit in some ways, which I really connect to also like the same vibe as being a teacher, you know, where you want to learn new things and you want to crack puzzles. Like I often think about with kids when I was teaching, and I'm sure you've seen through your experience too, you know, just certain ways of teaching don't work that well for individual kids. So it's like, hey, let me try this. How about I do this? Like, how about in a song? How about with manipulatives? Like, whatever it is. Same thing with business, with life, you know, that you just have to keep trying new things. Absolutely. And it's the only way you learn. You know, you meet a lot of new people, especially when you go through these sort of different phases. And you just, I mean, it's all about growth, right? Whether whether you're a business or whether your business is yourself that you're managing, right? Or your family or whatever it is, there has to be forward motion. And if there's not, it's kind of miserable, you know? So to anyone out there, to your listeners or whoever it might be, try to strive for forward motion, if not already, you know, keep it moving. Oh my gosh, yes. And I feel like as a teacher, you know, as a teacher who often, you know, teachers don't have that much autonomy and feel like disconnected from their schools sometimes, and that it can feel really hard when you feel stuck in a classroom to be able to have that forward motion when you don't have that agency and autonomy. Mm. So I think that's a great message, especially for teachers who might not feel like they have the motivation to do something new. 
you know, that it's just that forward motion, like mix it up, read a new book in your classroom, you know, do a fun art project, like whatever it is for you, that'll give you that feeling of forward motion. So just to piggyback off of that as well, uh, you know, I have my students and I have a set of uh, English uh, ESL students, right? English as a second language. So we have a curriculum set for them, which is great. But what I find is that sometimes things get a little boring. Like, let's be realistic about it. We're learning the English language. I mean, we're, you know, (laughs) fortunate that because we're speaking it now to each other, we have learned it, right? Great, right? And there are other cultures that have learned their language and they speak to each other. But when you're going into a new language, I mean, there's so many rules to learn and wow, you know, all these things. And you know what? Sometimes, like you said, you got to mix it up. So what what I've done, even recently, this week, actually, I went and I went online and I said, okay, how am I going to do this? I need to mix this up. I need to figure out how I'm going to make this more interesting for myself, right, as well. So I went and I found a bunch of different types of cards, right? One in particular is called Silly Sentences. So there are a bunch of kind of cards that they come in, I guess, six by eight sheets so you can fold them you can cut them and you can distribute them however right so we flip them over and then what we're doing and this is all an experiment as well right we flip them over and each each card has a word on it it has you know one has an adverb one has a noun one has a preposition one has whatever right however many so then you're making these silly sentences right so you flip them over and the goal the way that I did it anyway, is let's see who's going to make the best sentence the fastest. And of course, my sentences have to be six times as long as, as theirs, right? <laughs> so, and we're flipping through cards, trying to find the words that we're looking for. It's like, I can't find the word the, where is it, right? And it's, it's so much fun. And I've never, you know, this is what happens is that you start to reinvigorate your students and reinvigorate those who had the fire in the beginning. And then you start to see it kind of fading a little bit just because of the monotony. And I think, Again, even in business, and I think that's the hardest part about running a business, is that there's a ton of monotony. So how do you get over that? Because no one's going to help you do it if you're running your own business, right? You have to either just power through or, you know, realistically, figure out a way to make it exciting yourself, right? So yeah, lots of different tools for sure that are available. Yes, I love that. And it's like, if you don't enjoy it, then why would kids enjoy it? Mm -hmm. Going back to the teaching, you know, you got to find a way where you actually enjoy what you're doing and you enjoy learning things and you enjoy what you're bringing to students so that they see that joy too and really pick up on it. Definitely. So I know in you telling your story, you kind of connected to when you had kids and thinking about how they learn and the experiences you wanted for them. And can you reflect a little bit just on how being a parent has changed how you see teaching and learning? That's that's an interesting question, because I find that being a parent has changed how I view everything. Right. And (laughs) you know what I mean? This is that's teaching is one thing. Right. I mean, listen, if you want to learn how to do anything, just have some kids because what they're going to do is they're going to teach you patience. And that's the key to all. It unlocks everything. And and then you start to learn, especially when you start managing people and you start getting into different areas of business that everyone has got some percentage of kid in them. Right. Whether it's certain things that they want at the time that they want them or there's certain things that, you know, they strive to be, but they feel that they can't get there. And I find that with teaching specifically, this is the case across the board. So, I mean, sometimes those who are in kindergarten can't really verbalize this as much. But as you talk with those who are maybe entering high school, you know, uh, you talk to them about their past going through elementary school, you start to realize that, wow, we're all just kind of the same in some respects. So how would I treat myself if I'm teaching myself a new skill or a new habit or a new lesson, right? And again, I'm, I'm trained as a drummer. So that's sort of my trade, right? As I like to say. And, you know, a lot of times I say, you know, it's all about getting down to the molecular level, right? Really, 
what does that mean, right? So as an example, and hopefully this is simple enough for all of the, the listeners that are out there as well, you know, with drumming, you have, you use your two hands, right? Use your feet as well, but you got two hands, right? If you want your hands to get faster, you practice right hand, then left hand, and then you go faster and faster. In fact, get your technique. Over time, it builds, right? Simple concept, right? It all starts with that. And sometimes you'll watch musicians and they're just unbelievable. You can't even believe how, guess what? Everyone was terrible at one point. It's just yeah. how it goes. So weird segue, but I guess that's how we have to apply towards our children as well, is that realizing that, listen, they're not going to be amazing at the beginning. It's just what it is. So teach them at the molecular level, right? Simple concepts is what everything, they're always the building blocks, right? So it's pretty exciting just to, to kind of think about that and apply that to teaching as well. That's sort of what the curriculum is built upon as well is really these simple levels that we really go through, right? And again, we have the John Aves method, right? We've sort of coined this, we call them jam, right? So we have these different colors. We've got white jam, we've got blue jam, you know, green jam, all these different colors. You know, it makes it fun for the kids, right? And all those things. And within those levels, it really builds upon each other, right? So we have a math portion and we also have the reading portion. And what I found is that with our kids, so our kids have been doing, you know, long division, double digit multiplication, probably since they were about three years old, you know, probably even a little bit earlier. My wife sent me a video the other day of my son. I guess I was holding his finger and we were going through a book, right? And he's just reading the book. And I'm like, and, and we were so happy. And, you know, the encouragement as well, because again, as adults as well, we need that encouragement. We need people. But here's the thing. We don't actually get the encouragement most of the time because yeah. there's no time for it right? You're at your job. Your boss is doing what they're doing, right? Now, this is where times have sort of changed. And what I've noticed as well in the workforce, especially working as an operations director, that we really do go and we look at our employees and try to at least show them the value in the best way that we can, right? Mm -hmm. We try to care. We try to understand where they're coming from. Maybe we provide lunches every day, right? This is These are things that have been happening. You look at these companies like Google and Microsoft and all these companies and a lot of startup companies as well in tech where you're just looking to value the, the employees, right? So how do we value our children the same? Give them the same level of respect. Understand that they are learning. So they need to be taught. Great. It's amazing. So this is where I found that myself, I really wanted to take it into my own hands because as teachers and being in the childcare and talking to many early childhood educators, it's hard managing a lot of kids. It really is. And I'm sure you can speak a ton to that, right? I'm not the expert on that side of things, but to those uh, ECEs that I spoke with and they don't, they don't have 20 kids in their classes. They've got a few, you know, they got to change some diapers and, you know, all those things as well. That's a whole other set of rules. You know, how do you manage this and still have time for education? And the reality is that sometimes it's hard to focus on even one or two or three kids, right? So, hey, you know, so that that's sort of, I guess, where the parenting came in, where I'm thinking, okay, I have time to teach my children, but it's one-on-one -on -one, or it's one with two of them. So, why not just apply this in a different area? Because it seemed to work here and here we are, right? It's, it's, it's been going quite well. So I guess that's a little bit of a, a synopsis of why or how that works anyway. Yes. No, that's so interesting to think about. And I think I saw that as a parent during COVID of my kids doing school on Zoom. And my daughter was in second grade when COVID started and she loved it. Yeah. <laughs> like she yeah. loved being on Zoom 
because it could be so short of like the learning synchronously together time. And then she could go and she could have her work be really personalized to her. Mm. Or she could go climb a tree for two hours in the afternoon or build something with Legos or make slime or whatever it was. So having that freedom to have it be more individualized, I think, is really where the magic happens and where a lot of teachers struggle being like, this was a a major reason why I left teaching, feeling like I couldn't really reach all my students where they needed to be because I was one person. And there were like 30 kids in my class who all needed so many different things. And it's pretty impossible, like even for the greatest teachers to be able to provide that level of personalized learning experiences, encouragement, like all the things when there are so many kids with so many different needs in one spot. Absolutely. And that's such a difficult task to... So one of the things that I've been thinking about, especially lately, right? I had this sort of thought process and I came up with this idea of the three L's, right? So love it, learn it, and then live it right? So the reason why I'm coming up with this and I'm thinking about this so intensely is because, well, let me think about this for a moment. If there's ever been something that I've just needed to learn just because I need to learn it, I forget it immediately. I have the worst memory. I write everything down and then I still forget it. I don't know, right? It is what it is, right? So because again, there are many moving parts and whatnot, but the things that I've always loved, and again, sometimes those loves fade for certain activities or whatever it might be, but those things that I've loved, I've never had a problem learning it ever. And it sticks, right? I've had situations where I'm learning certain uh, ideals, right? Even in, in uh, let's say, you know, website creation or running a business and, you know, even simple things like reading books. Never wanted to read books when I was younger until the passion of, you know, running a business comes into play. And I'm thinking, wow, there's some content out there that I really, really need to consume because I love where this is headed right now. And then it just opens up the floodgates, right? So sometimes it's just not time yet for certain pieces of information to be delivered to children. And I think that's fair, right? Because the kids are still trying to figure it out. I'm sorry, they're not trying to figure it out. They are figuring it out. And then sometimes, you know, some of us are trying to interject in ways that are too stringent. So with my tutoring tactics and methods, Again, I have children. <laughs> when we're in the classroom, right, it's only one-on-one. Right now, it's only one-on-one. I'm not doing group classes for my own personal reasons, right? I have kids that are under the tables, on the tables, under the chairs. You know, there, there are some there's some lights that are set up as well in the room that I teach at. They're like, oh, I want to take a picture. I, I can't really take pictures of the kids, right? <laughs> can't do things like that. But, you know, they're joking around and things like that. And great. Like you said, sometimes you just want to climb a tree. Sometimes I just want to climb a tree, right? So it's what it is. So allowing the children to do what they need to in order to either refresh themselves or the great thing is that I still educate them at the same time, right? I have one student. I've got a bunch of flashcards, right? She's four years old, so she's counting fantastic right now, right? And so I've got a bunch of flashcards. I'll fan them out to her. And she was so excited because we'd done this before. She's like, oh, I can't wait. Oh, yeah, please show me the flashcards. Why? Because she gets to pick the number, right? We'll have them between zero and 30 or something like that, right? She'll pick the number, say the number, and then toss the flashcard across the room. <laughs> That's awesome. Who doesn't right? want to do that? Yeah. Who doesn't, you know what I mean? So just being able to being able to, to allow children to do this, it's so rewarding for myself because then I see the results, 
which is amazing. So that's really what led me into this direction in the first place, because I know that as teachers, being able to have that level of, like you said, autonomy, it's more difficult when when you're in an institution, right? So, mm-hmm. and seeing the gap, the the pandemic, and again, you know, trying never to talk about it again really is the goal, right? But the, <laughs> the, the pandemic itself, it did leave some gaps, right? There's a reason why students are coming to me, why parents are coming to me, because there are gaps in there that we don't really know how to fill yet. I mean, let's be realistic. Everything within uh, the snap of a finger, everyone started working at home. How do you deal with this? The, the world has never existed like this, right? So here we are, right? And I think that it's interesting to sort of look at these problems as exciting, right? And time for change and evolution and disruption and all those things. And, you know, I, I'm it, it excites me. It definitely does. Yes, totally. I mean, I think that the role of joy and freedom is kind of underestimated mm-hmm. in the world of education for students and for teachers. I think that freedom piece of being able to throw a card across the room, which in a traditional classroom, you know, people would look at you like you're crazy for the most part, right? Yeah. But kids need that. And like, I think we're over reliant on so many rules in the classroom, in society, you know, it's so compliance based that it's so stifling sometimes for children. Mm -hmm. And so I think giving children an opportunity, whether it's in a tutoring session, or some kind of small group or at home with their parents, you know, where they can be more empowered to be free and joyful, and that they know that they're learning all the time, you know, whether it's like they're studying Pokemon cards, or my daughter's obsessed with sports, right? She's like, study sports facts all the time and like is always just like soaking it up that's learning you know but i think that sometimes we see it as so separate that's so it so (laughs) that i don't know that's so uncanny literally this week i have one student he's he's got i don't know he's got every pokemon card under the sun oh don't tell my son yeah (laughs) it's magnificent right and, you know, I grew up in a time as well where I remember the first Pokemon episode ever. I still remember it like it was yesterday, right? And they both <laughs> and I'm like, Dad, you have to make sure you wake me up, please. It was before school, 7 o'clock in the morning, had to watch that first episode. Now my kids watch that episode, right? <laughs> so, but this, this particular individual, uh, this child, I just wrote inside of the, the goals list for the next month because every month I'll, I'll go in and I'll have an assessment, not an assessment, but a report, right? And I'll list out the goals according to our, our JAM curriculum. And I said on there, we're, because I want him to grow, that we're going to look and start reading the Pokemon cards. I want to be able to have five of them. You understand all the words that's on them and everything, right? Just as a reading exercise, because why not have them love what they're doing so that they can learn it and then live it, right? Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. And like, there are real reasons why everyone should learn how to read, right? Like, which I think sounds basic, but like to a six-year-old or seven-year-old or whatever it is, sometimes it can be like, why would I even need to know how to do this? So getting it in a way that they can understand it and be motivated by it and have joy in it, I think it's something we can do in pretty much any subject, Mm -hmm. you know, and find a connection to how students can really relate to it. And it's harder, but it's so worth it to see people engaged and excited about what they're learning. Yeah, definitely. And in some ways, it's harder, depending on the medium, of course. In a school setting, it's definitely different. But I mean things have never been more accessible than they are now, right? Again, we're in a technology era. So you turn on YouTube, 
it doesn't have to be nothing that you're watching. And this was a big piece when our children were growing up was we wanted to test this. You were talking about scientific, you know, scientific method. I love the scientific method, right? You got a hypothesis, just test it out, right? See where it goes, see where the solution is. So I had this thought that, you know, children can learn anything at any age, right? This was my thought process, right? Firstly, if you can learn the English language, you can learn anything. This language is, <laughs> it's ballistic, right? You've got words that sound like certain words sometimes and not like other ones other times. Unbelievable, right? So you know, these children are learning these languages, right? So why not kind of put in some other content, right? It doesn't always have to be just cartoons and these kind of things. If they're going to be cartoons, yeah, why don't you throw in some time tables? Sure. And then they know the time tables. Yes. Amazing. This is amazing, <laughs> right? Such a simple concept. So it's really never been easier in that respect. But also, you know, the one thing that I talk about a lot as well is how attention has sort of, you know, it's taken control of a lot of us, even as adults as well, whether it's through our social media, whether it's through the algorithms within technology that have become astounding, right? There's programs out there such as, I don't know if you've, you've kind of been following some of the news, chat GPT is one that's coming in. You can do anything these days, right? And, you know, these algorithms can just figure it all out to the point where, you know, you go on YouTube, it knows what you want right? It knows what you want to do. So how do you fight against this? And in that way, I found it to be very difficult to really fight against it. Uh, so in one way, you know, you kind of join them in some respect and provide some content. I mean, we've created our own YouTube channel as well. We've got a couple of them, but one in particular was actually dedicated towards skip counting, right? So mm -hmm. they're skip counting. We had my kids as well coming in and they were singing and rapping and all this stuff. And we had some music that we were making as well. And we were recording it at our house. It was a nice bonding moment. So we had skip counting across uh, many of the numbers as well and all different songs that we had sort of created. And we just threw it out there, right? And it's just, it's nice to see who, who engages with it and how we can, it's unbelievable to see my, like our students, they come back to class. They're like, hey, can we listen to the Count by Two song? And then they're singing the Count by Two songs. Like, you're four <laughs> years old, met you, right? So amazing. It's so rewarding, you know? And, and, you know, technology allows for this for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I love how it's like meeting kids where they already are. You yes. know, they're on YouTube, right? So meet them there. Teach them a song, you know, connect it to what they're learning and really create things that can support them there. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, so I love hearing about all of that. And I would love for you to just explain a little bit more about John Aves and how you run your tutoring center. Oh, of course, yes. So primarily right now, we're in uh, the Southern Ontario area of Canada, right? So we have a few cities that we're located in here. And mostly my vision was to keep this as in-person as possible, right? And the reason being is because We've been through, again, pandemic, of course, everyone's online, right? Everything is Zoom. Everything is, hey, you know what? Let's let's do things in the time frame of which, you know, you're not really in conversation with people in real life, right? So I said, you know what? Let me start this out with in-person because number one, I think it's a great business move, right? Fill that need, fill that gap, right? And, and bring it to them. Listen, I, you know, I was traveling to people's homes for the longest time, right? I still do that as well because it's easy for them. I have locations as well that I also have them come to, those who are able to, but it's not all of them, right? So being flexible, that's one thing that this whole, the last couple of years have definitely uh, yes. encouraged is flexibility, <laughs> right? 
how many times have we had our kids home and we we're supposed to be at work or can't go to work or trying to do work? You better be flexible, right? So, yeah. so in terms of our center, that's really one of the biggest things that we advocate for is flexibility. And this is in the teachings as well, right? Yes, we have a curriculum. Yes, we believe that certain methods work, right? And we've seen them work. And yes, we want to stay with them, but we need to make sure that we are being flexible. I, I was on an, another podcast, actually. We had the conversation. We started diving into inquiry-based learning, uh, you know, like project-based learning and direct teaching, right? So my philosophy on that and my thought process on that is, well, if we're going to go ahead and say that one is better than the other, then I think we've already lost the race, right? We need to be having these teachings work in tandem, right? They need to be working alongside each other. And I think it's a mix, right? Like you're saying, like there's no one right way and there's no one kid who's like every other kid. Oh, yes. And so I think it's for sure a mix of like sometimes we talk about this actually in our curriculum program. We just had a class last night where I was talking about, you know, there's inquiry-based learning, there's project-based learning, there's direct instruction, there's gradual release of responsibility, like whatever it is, you can use it. And you can mix it together, but you should just have a reason behind it, right? Like sometimes we want to start with things more student-led of like explore these books and tell me what you learned about Arctic animals or whatever it is. And then from that, like then the direct instruction moment of like, cool, I also want you to know X, Y, and Z. Other things like maybe long division, you know, we're not going to put a bunch of numbers in front of kids and just like ask them to happen upon long division. Like there, maybe we're going to be talking about it a little differently. (laughs) And so I think it's like the subject, the topic, the kids, like it all lends itself to different approaches. And that's kind of the beauty is that teachers get to put things together to meet the needs of an individual kid. Yeah, and kudos to those people who really can operate under those conditions. I think for myself, I've definitely been one of those people that have not really, I don't operate very well under pressure. And to be <laughs> honest, it's, it's part of the reason why I haven't really been in some scenarios or have less certain scenarios. And, you know, I can, you know, I, again, I say that lightly. Of course, there's going to be stressful situations. And again, you're running a business, right? So it's what it is. And if you want to see success, you kind of have to buckle up a little bit, which is fine, right? But at the same time, you know, there are roads that are easier to travel. As an example, if you have a strong network, it kind of makes the road easier, right? Instead of trying to fight your way through all kinds of information, it's a black box. You don't know. I always say it all the time, right? If you can cheat, just cheat. It's great, <laughs> right? Now, I use it very lightly. Don't cheat on your tests. Anyone that's listening, do not cheat. You're just cheating yourself, right? But when it comes to, you know, you're, you're looking to get ahead, you can ask people for help. This is how life works. It's great. People are willing to talk. They love talking. It's great. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I talk about this a lot of the time with folks who are starting businesses, you know, like go to people who have started successful businesses and learn from them. Like don't take your random uncle's advice, right? (laughs) Go to the people who know what to do, who have been there and then learn from them. Like they've already figured it out to some degree and you'll adapt it and make it your own. Yes. Unless that random uncle is, you know, Bill Gates. Yeah. Then uh, sure. Not That's not my random uncle, so. Not mine either. No. <laughs> awesome. Well, last question for you is kind of a two-part question about starting an education business. So first off, kind of what you've learned and then any advice for folks who are starting education businesses. Of course. Yes. Yeah. So the first thing I learned was a very interesting lesson, actually. And it's that not everyone is going to jump on board when you're ready. <laughs> okay. So... Mm-hmm. My wife and I, we've been talking about a few things for a while, 
And since my, my daughter, since our daughter was eight years old, we went in and we said, let's figure out this education piece. We need them to be smart. We need them to work it out. And that's what it is. So we've been building this curriculum since day one, really, even when our children were born. And we said, okay, time to launch. Let's go. And we're going to put everything behind it, right? We had just, you know, we just sold a property, right? We had some extra cash. We had this, we had that. It's like, all right, we're good to go. We are going to go gung-ho on this. Oh my goodness. Great, right? So in our local city, you know, we had put up a billboard. We were promoting it. We'd put up advertisements, you know, uh, Google ads, this, this, that, that, that. And it fell flat on its face. And when I tell you, one person reached out. One person reached out and had an inquiry and then uh, it fizzled out, right? And we had spent some cash on it, right? And again, you know, it's not like we didn't have it, but you don't really, you don't want to just spend money. It doesn't feel good to, to see zero results, right? So sometimes people are just not ready, but that's not a reason to give up. It's just how it goes, right? And I think as business owners and those who are looking at teaching and uh, other educational formats, especially if they're online, I'm sure that you can speak to this. The internet is one of the most random places on the planet. (laughs) True. We started a YouTube channel where I still don't know to this day why some videos get, and again, these aren't large numbers, right? But why some videos get between 1,000, 2,000 views and some get one. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it can't stop you from continuing. You just have to keep going. It may look like I know from a tutoring perspective as well. It may look like, okay, well, do I have enough students, right? Am I, am I doing this properly? Maybe my enrollment for this month was a little bit slow for some reason, right? Don't give up on it. There's no reason to. There's still time moving forward. And the other thing that I found was the most important piece after all this marketing, right? Billboards, this, that, door hangers, walking around the, the, the city and, you know, whatever it was, nothing will ever beat word of mouth. And yes. I've learned this from experts as well that have, that I've spoken to in many different organizations, different streams of business, that your best clients are generally just one network piece away from you, right? Mm-hmm. Why does this happen? It's just this is how it works, right? People start to hear about certain things. Your website starts to become better. Keep working and iterating on your website. Keep thinking about different ideas that can work because people love to see options, right? Very, very important. And I think that the more options that we can give, to be honest, the more cash your clients are going to spend because you have them in this trance within your company. They understand that, wow, this is actually a large organization, whether it is or not, right? I mean, fortunately, we've grown uh, quite well, right? Which has been fantastic. And we're able to offer more things. But listen, you don't need the money. This is the other piece. You don't need cash to make movements. Don't Mm -hmm. think that you've got to wait for money in your pocket to make movements, because most of the time, you don't even need to really spend the money. And if you do, go on Fiverr. Go on 99designs right? 10 bucks, make you a whole brand, <laughs> you know? So lots of things to consider there. And, and I'd say that those were some big learnings uh, from my perspective when I started this. Now, again, I've started previous businesses as well. So I sort of have a formula of how things work, but I think that's kind of what it is, right? Don't be afraid to go for it. And you don't have to wait for money in order to, to start moving your, your business forward and your thought process. Yes, I love that and totally agree. I mean, I think so much of it is just about relationships and it's about yes. connecting with real people 
And then you can scale things, right? Like once you're like, all right, I got a bunch of people, you know, how did I get them? But it just starts with finding your one first customer and ideally not spending a whole bunch of time or money spending that one first customer. And then it's like, all right, it's like that spinning plates, you know, like, all right, I have one customer. Let me see if I can do it again. Like, let me get two customers. Let me get five customers. Let me get a hundred. And so I think it's really just starting super scrappy. Like you're saying, like, don't spend a whole bunch of money on a website. Don't put up the billboards yet. <laughs> you know, please don't put up the billboards yet. Yeah, at some point, maybe, but not yet. Start with the individuals, see what they need, because often it can it will be different than what you think. And you don't know until you talk to them. And sometimes it's a really small tweak of like, oh, actually, they call this this and I call it this. Like, oh, let me change it up. Or providing more options, like you're saying. So I think just talking to the actual people and then creating and building from there. Not everybody is going to want to buy what I'm offering. And that's like great, right? <laughs> like That's great. It's all about finding the people who you feel really aligned to and that you can really help. But And then really listening and honing in on those people while also being like, it's okay if not everyone wants what I create. Yeah. And you know what? Not everyone is built for your company. And this includes customers. It's not only those who are on your team, right? I mean, sometimes, you know, it's just not working anymore, right? Or whatever it might be, or maybe you change some policies and it doesn't work for them. So it's what it is, right? And it's okay to let go. In fact, letting go is the best way for moving on. If you don't let go, how do you move forward, right? So always be open to it. And like you said, I think you're hitting a fantastic point there. Listening to the people who are paying you <laughs> such a simple concept. And honestly, if anyone ever opens their wallet in order to give me anything, I so do not take it for granted. It's unbelievable that anyone, because they could put their, their hard-earned cash anywhere, anywhere places that are more entertaining right places that are yummier right places that are you know just you know that you can get better clothes or maybe other needs but they're deciding to invest it because what i love about uh, the tutoring business is that i know for a fact that i'm bringing such value right and it, there's nothing better than that for me right so if you're giving me your hard-earned cash I have to respect that and I have to be so grateful and thankful. So be thankful for those customers because they do not need to be there. They can go anywhere. And if they're choosing you, wow, like kudos to you for being able to build something that allows for that to happen and just be grateful for it because it's it's a magical feeling when you really start to embrace that. Yes. Awesome. I love that. So thank you so much for sharing all about your journey and what you've been creating. It's been so great talking to you. Can you share where folks can find you if they want to connect? Oh, for sure. Yes. So we're on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. So we've got a couple of channels. We've got AJ's house, which is our count by numbers and nursery rhymes and whatnot. So check out you know YouTube at A-J-S-H-O-U-S-E-K-I-D-S. So AJ's House Kids. So that's YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. And then we also have some fun academic videos as well that we have at John Aves TV. So J-O-N-A-Y-V-E-S TV. And again, we've got a bunch of YouTube shorts up, which are amazing. My kids are funnier than I thought, (laughs) which is amazing. We've got Instagram and we've got TikTok there as well. We've got the Twitter, John Aves TV. You can check me out on, on LinkedIn. You know, connect with me, please. Maxwell Roach on there. And then we've got our website, johnabes.com, J-O-N-A-Y-V-E-S. We've got our eBooks. It's, wow. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, 
yeah, I still have a lot of work to do as well, but I've got a great team as well around me. So it's, it's been great. Yeah. Awesome. No, you've been up to a lot of great stuff. So I appreciate you sharing where folks can connect with you. And again, for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate it. Ready to find rewarding, impactful work in the education world? Take our free quiz to discover your next right career step. Will you be a curriculum developer, an education consultant, instructional coach? The list of possibilities goes on and on. Take the quiz to find out the best fit for you at educatorforever.com slash quiz. You'll also receive customized resources to kickstart your dream career and life.